Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. definitely wasn't the right intro video to start tonight's show but it's three minutes to midnight so uh i'm not really that bothered uh hello welcome to the fallout bar here at online dance again probably not even the right background bars he's done a lot of remodeling for us and actually none of it matches up but mr dan simpson how are you on this fine evening i was all right at about half past 10 <laughs> well, fact... the third before last game yeah, about about quarter to eleven, I felt as fit as a fiddle. Now I feel like I've completely had enough of my life. I'm I'm sick now. To be fair, let's let's cut straight into that. We'll say hello to people in the chat room first. Let's address the timing as first. Hopefully, there's a few more of you listening back to this as an audio uh, on Tuesday. Uh, it's probably better serving you than is staying up late in the UK to watch us as we record this live on YouTube. Um, it is an hour earlier than it was last year. Let's not forget, Nathan Asso was starting one of his games last year at half past 12. So moving the start time to six o'clock has had a little bit of benefit, but it's still not great. No, it's just, if you if you think of the, um, the, the closest I can draw in terms of a tournament comparison is probably the match play. Um, and you re we we really miss in terms of the schedule those those opening weekend sessions, don't we? You know those 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 that first Saturday and Sunday that you get on the match plate that just takes the pressure off those those big long those two opening eight game sessions are a, are a real um, they're a real slog um, at, at times. I quite liked the early start to be honest. It was quite nice. I, I enjoyed that. It was you know we we got. Got down to business a little bit early. Kids were still about. They got to see a bit of da- bit more darts than they normally would. But yeah, they are they are lo- eight eight games is is a long session of darts on, on an evening. It is. I mean, I tweeted earlier saying this might be the best first round of of any tournament in the PDC because you get eight games because we get a change in format because the fact it is set play but so brutally best of three that you get perhaps more upsets and the fact that there's only eight seeds so half the draw you end up with the games like. Go in price against Danny Nopper. 
scheduling and getting eight games done, I may be retracting those comments because then you yeah. end up with joint walk-ons, which is a big pet hate of a lot of Darts fans, and yeah. end times like we've got tonight. Yeah, I'm not. I can't get behind joint walk-ons. Um, it's just no fun, is it? So, so, especially, I think you know we talk, and again, I don't want to get off topic. But we talk, you know, we talked a lot about how different things cater more so for the audience in the venue than maybe the audience on the TV. Um, joint walk-ons caters for nobody. You know, yeah. nobody, everybody in the venue wants. Individual walk-ons. No Changes for the TV said. company so they can sneak an ad break in after the first set in every single match. Yeah, uh, and this is it's just tiresome. It is. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room. Liam Gallagher is in. Uh, it says glory, glory, Gary Anderson. Come on, we will talk about Gary throughout tonight. Uh, Chaos says, "Oh, Gary, Gary Anderson was vintage stuff." HJV is in. How we doing? Uh, James says that was a great last game. Dot 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 dot. Um, a few more dots, mate. Uh, Matthew says, hi, guys. How are we doing, buddy? Uh, Scalab says, good day, everyone. Hopefully, yours, yours weekend was as well. Uh, and Joe's in. He says, evening, lads. Right, now, let's get straight into it. We're not going to talk about every game. We'll talk about any big moments that we see as they jump up. We will start with the opener, though. Brendan Dolan uh, coming back from a set down. Possibly one of the best sets we've seen in the Grand Prix in, in recent memory, certainly, from Dirk van Dijvenboda. Then hauled off stage. Uh, for a four-minute TV comfort break, uh, comes back out. Uh, I'm fair to say that Dirk fell off a cliff. Yeah, big. Um, I mean, I, what I will say first and foremost is the result was as predicted by myself on the live lounge. I did it. Well, this was the upset that I picked. Um, call it an upset. It was really. Um, no, I fuck. I quite fancied Brendan Dolan to to do some damage here, and it it went. Similarly to the way I thought it would, it did start very fast, got off, took that first set very, very, you know, absolutely flying, 3 0. Um, and then the second one, obviously, a little bit more contested to in, in that Dirk got a leg, um, certainly compared to the third one, in which was just Brendan Dolan absolutely in control, 3 0, off you go. And Brendan just, um, you know, we, we, there's all sorts of people with different views on that advert break after the first set it definitely worked for one player and not the other this evening didn't it it was it it was it really went to Brendan's advantage that and Dirk just couldn't find the the magic that he had in in that opening set it certainly feels that way look we can we can sit there and attribute reasons to to pretty much anything these days in sport but before the break Dirk van Dijk was playing very very well comes back out of the break and he seemed to just be searching for something the entire performance just seemed to be like he was reaching continent he sort of pressed the self-destruct button, didn't he? Like, you could see the emotion on his face. His record there since he made the final was being pants. I don't think the pace of the game helped him. Brendan is quicker than he used to be, but there was still a methodical sense there. And when the pressure starts mounting of missed darts at a double, as it did to Dirk, and then you've got even longer to think about it behind your opponent than, say, you would a Gerwin Price or a Michael Smith, I think a culmination of all that helped Dirk's average fall nearly 22 points from that first set. Yeah, huge, huge difference. And I, and I think, I mean, again, I, I don't like to blow my own trumpet too much, but it, one of the things I, I noted just in that preview show was that, you know, Dirk, is he is a, a very, very emotional presence on stage. And, and that can have, even when he's reacting quite ne negatively to his own game, it can have a negative effect 
on his on his opponent, and his, you know it can draw the attention of his opponent. It can make them take their eye off the ball. And I think I, I I was fairly right. I think in saying that Brendan wasn't to be affected by that really at, at all. He was quite unflappable. He, he, he is very steady. Um, if something goes wrong in Brendan's game, it's generally his own doing. It's it's not you know it's rare that he gets affected by other things that are going on, whether that's his opponent or the arena or the crowd or anything else. Um, so it was, I think you're dead right. I think using the self-destruct metaphor, I think that's that's pretty much what happened, I think, to the Dutchman this evening. Indeed. Right, we've got a few clips to play. You only requested two from Phil, but he somehow delivered the goods on five. So we'll play what we can that fits in with whatever we're going to talk about. Reminded interviews are available in full on our YouTube channel. You know this deal by now. Uh, you can head over there. If you've already subscribed and hit the bell icon, you've probably already received a notification to say there in your subscription. Uh, but if not, head over to the channel once we finish this show and you can check out uh, all of those in full. This is a short snippet of what Brendan Dolan had to say. No, uh, I know I have the game and uh, still in me, but I'm not consistent enough. And I said it, you know, as soon as we had Michael, I said I wasn't consistent enough. I shouldn't have said it. I said it again now. But, um, you know, it's, it is part of my game. Every day I walk out is different. Like, I know I could go three months getting smashed up and walk in and win a, win a world title. That's the temperament I have. It's the way I am. Um, every day is different. I could win every tournament for six months and walk into the World Championship quite first round. That's just the way I am. Uh, what's gone before doesn't bear fruit. I appreciate what he's trying to say there. Realistically, I mean, is he going to go to Spain or rock up and win the World Championship? I'm not sure either of them are going to apply, Brendan, but I get what you're saying. What's gone before doesn't really affect your thinking coming into the next, uh, but he will have an interesting next round. Right, next, let's move on to the next game. We're not going to talk every single game, and we're going to try not to in detail because we will be here all night. Uh, the next up was a superb battle between Gary Anderson and Jose de Salza, Dan. Um, one real key talking point in this one, deciding leg, Jose de Salza on 265 and he starts on 20s. Yeah, hands up if you're surprised. No. <laughs> of course not. Um, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a catastrophe for him that one in in a in a game where he, he he didn't. I mean, Jose didn't play badly. Like he didn't do a you know beyond that he didn't do a great deal wrong. I haven't got the I haven't got the doubling in stats in front of me. Fifty percent on his doubles for checking out is is going to get you relatively far in most you know most tournaments. Certainly within within set play. Um, Really good game. Uh, worth noting that that puts my predictions two for two. But oh, it? Really, it certainly does, mate. Um, but no, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, you know, Jose did. He sort of he had one off that that um, that second set. That and the opening set obviously was was quite well contested. Sort of you know going blow for blow. Um, went to a deciding leg. As did the third one. He, he did. He had. A, he had a little one off in 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 the middle. Um, you know, Gary did manage to to, to find some. Um, you know, nothing particularly spectacular and shiny, but just got through those legs fairly comfortably, um, and, and and carried quite a lot of that with him in into the third. But yeah, Jose just just a bit of an error, and he and he had the opportunity there to 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 really put some pressure on and and. And he, he could have really pushed it to the wire. But, yeah, I mean, top 
top performance from Gary. You know, it, Gary's probably one of the people you, you're not going to worry about holding their nerve, holding their nerve in those situations. You know, going to a deciding leg in a deciding set. Um, you know, Gary's one of the few players around that probably isn't going to be particularly faced by that. Um, and, and and I think the rest of the tournament opens up a little bit from from for him from here because of other results. Yeah, I mean, when you're chucking in six one eighties in the opening round as well, it, it, it serves well. He's, he's had a good week and he's back to have a good performance here. With a good performance coming back at him, I think that is the most important thing with Gary on TV at the moment is can he get through a, a big challenge? on like An early test like this is perfect to find out exactly where Gary is. He's had a brilliant week on the Pro Tour, but can he go and do it in front of the cameras with, with something really coming back at him, a little bit of a struggle? And he, he's done that. And yeah, and it is a bit different, you know. What we we've seen, uh, we've seen some brilliant, we've seen some really good stuff from him very lately. But um, it, what was really nice is obviously we know because we've seen a couple of times Gary do incredibly well in a set play format. Um, and it's a while since we've seen that, you know. It's a while since, and and, and I don't mean because we just don't see a lot of set play, do we? You know, we we go months and months and months and months and we don't see any set play. So it was just nice to see him. You know, go through that, doing you know the right things at the right time, and and, and digging in when he needed to, and, and and getting that result. I think was a real positive for anybody that that supports Gary. It was indeed right. Let's hear them from the Falloon Scotsman. You know what I say? Listen, you know what I'm like with pundits. You know they say, "Oh, that's something he's done in that." <laughs> no, if I've got to get my big dead to come and prove you wrong, I'll try me damnedest, I'll get 199.9% a chance to, to, to do it, you know, but listen the boys you know that are playing darts superb, you know, I'm, ju- I'm just here and I have noticed, you know I've had a break in that and the odd night with Ryan, but uh, since January, with Ryan coming and practising and me going to his, it's uh, it's came on a leaps and bounds, you know so it's definitely helped me. I don't know what comes, what comes, comes. You know, it's uh, if I keep playing like this, I'll, I'll feel fine. You know, uh, <laughs> I was laughing because I've already heard the the boys whispering. He's going all right, him. So, you know, but like I say, I, I can turn up next game and play absolutely terrible. So I'm not biting any bullet in that and just saying I'm just here to play darts. If they go, they go. Yes, say the line, Gary. Say the line. <laughs> Every single time, he is just here to play darts. I'm here to play darts. He did. In superb fashion. Uh, we're going to gloss over. I think you're going to skip the next one, mate. Yeah, we're going to. No, but we are just going to gloss over it. It's one of those that actually it was a 50 50 game right before. James Wade looked to be in control of it, retires, he's pinched it uh, from a set down and then from two down in the deciding set. Yes, there's probably a bit more drama there, but actually to unfold that will we'll take a bit more time than we've got. It was a solid win for Retarski in what was a coin toss of a game before we start. That's now three straight, I think, for Wade without winning in the opening round. It looked like he was going to snap that streak, but he did not. Uh, because there's a bit more of a story uh, from the Martin Schindler-Raymond van Barneveld game. Um, the German getting over the line in a deciding set once again, uh, up until game number six tonight. Uh, every single set uh, went to a deciding set. But this one, I thought, there's, there's a little bit of an undercurrent here. In, in the pre-match um interview that Barney did with Abby. He stated that it was actually, it was an okay draw. It wasn't the worst draw. It wasn't the best draw, etc. Schindler seems to have responded in the post-match interview that he's done with us saying that actually it was quite a positive draw. We'll play you that clip. Yeah, uh, needle, shortly, but in the match, 
I sort of felt like Shinnan was in full control of this the entire way through. I'm not sure how it went to a deciding set, if I'm being completely honest, but I still never thought that he was going to lose that. Yeah, I think I, I they're, they're pretty much the words I, I would exactly use. Um, you know, the averages were not great from either player. Neither were the neither was the Dublin. The Dublin wasn't particularly good. I think I think Barney will probably be pretty disappointed with his performance. Um, he knows even the the game he's got at the minute is is and should be somewhere above what he managed to to, to post. Um, this evening, the one sixty from Schindler was, you know, it's it's always nice. It's always nice to see, isn't it? You know, that was that was that was lovely. Um, but yeah, I, I I never felt at any point in it like Barney, like the game was Barney's to win. Um, mm. It always looked like he needed to find a gear or two, and he, and he didn't. He was he was consistent, but consistently probably just below average throughout the entire game. Yeah. Um... A word on Barney. He's done an awful lot of work in the last couple of years to be what genuinely might be the first player ever to be a top 16 player, a top 32 player, to drop out, lose his tall card, and then go all the way back into the top 32. But when your opponent is saying what he's about to say, it's going to be a little bit demoralising for somebody who's who's worked so hard to get back there. Yeah, it's very, very... It's very strange, isn't it? Because if you look at his results over the last 12 months, he's he's sort of... The ranking he's got is because he's grabbed cash as and when he... You know, the opportunities, you know, he's had... It, what he, what I don't think he's done, he's done anything with any level of consistency. He's he's had, he's had some good weekends and he's had enough good weekends over the course of a couple of years to... to, to put together a, a decent ranking. And let's be honest, that's what most of the lads in the top 40 are making a career from, you know, he's having enough decent weekends. But he, he doesn't seem to be able to do anything with a great deal of consistency at the minute. If he, you know, if he turns up to a pro tour and has a really good day, he seems to be crap the next day. If he plays well at a pro tour, he does crap in the tournament afterwards. If he has a deep run in a tournament, he doesn't carry that form into a pro tour. And, and I think that's it. He just... He, he, we know he's got the talent, of course he does, and we know he's got that that game in him, but he doesn't seem to be able to find just that that consistency and being able to replicate performances and carry form through from from event to event is what I think he's at at the minute. Yeah, indeed. Right, let's play you that clip from Martin Schindler then, so you know what we're actually talking about. Here is the wall. Well, I think I did. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I did uh, one big step today. You know, winning on these important majors like uh, Grand Prix, Match Play, World Championships. These are the majors where you get the most money, isn't it? And winning these games, especially when you're, um, I, I don't know what the bookmaking says, but I think I was kind of a favorite, and uh, I, I also felt like this, like I can definitely win that game, and I should win that game, and. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to this, and maybe it was like the ignite I needed to go on further. But it was huge win today, and looking forward to the next. Basically, I had an easy draw, and I took it. Uh, up next, we're going to go to Nathan Aspinall against Stephen Bunting. Now, you lot might call me out for this. In my predictions on Monday, I said that Michael Van Gogh would beat Nathan Aspinall in the final. Since then, 
I've had a change heart and I've spent all of today telling anybody that will listen in various group chats that Stephen Bunting will do a job on Nathan Aspel and I've been laughed at. Well, I went one worse than you in terms of predictions and that's why I've tried to squeeze in all the good work I did is that I picked Nathan Aspen as my winner. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we had the inverse final, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I picked Nathan Aspinall as the tournament winner. And and what a what a darts expert he has shown me up to be this evening. Um, thank you very much, Nathan. Um, yeah, it just uh, it was I I what I did do as well as picking Nathan as 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 the winner is I I highlighted this game as the game I was most excited to see in the in the first round. I think that both of these players can, when they're on, they're they're brilliantly entertaining to watch, and they do some fantastic things. I love. I think Stephen Bunting's a great, great addition to the the top twenty four, twenty six, you know, top thirty of darts. I think he's, he's amazing to have around there. Um, the, some of the stuff he can do and some of the levels he reaches are, are really quite special. And obviously, we know I don't need to really bore anybody with 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 how good Nathan can, is and, and can be. So I was really really looking forward to this one, and and in a way, it it sort of had a bit of everything. This game, um, you know, like the 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 Dublin, Dublin was crap, if I want of a better word, from both of them, both in and out. But in a way that sort of made this game more entertaining. Because, like, between the two of them, they threw 31 140s. Mm. Like, between the two players, the scoring was the scoring was superb throughout a, a large parts of this game. Just the doubling was crap. But I, I think that made the... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Game entertaining and it made it exciting. Um, Nathan had opportunities and Nathan could have won this game, but he didn't take those opportunities and Stephen Bunting did. Um, I think it was it was a, a thoroughly enjoyable game of that, so that was really good. At the same time, though, Stephen Bunting could have wrapped this up 2-0. He had chances to win both the legs, opening legs in the second set. Still fights his way back to two apiece and then has an absolute disaster in that ring. I live closer to his first three attempts at trying to get in on those doubles. They were nervy. I know what I'm about to do attempts at doubles. They were absolutely nowhere near. I think the one thing to highlight this is just how good uh, Stephen Bunting has been in the last week or so on the Pro Tour as well, compared to the fact that Aspinall chose to skip it and then seems to have got his preparation wrong in some regard because he was searching for an opening double for the majority of the match until he settled on double 18. 
Yeah, and we've spoke about Nathan on the Pro Tour. And like, let's not forget, Nathan is still not Nathan's still not qualified for the Players Championships. Like he's still got he's still got some money to earn. Um, and and you know we've seen amazing televised darts from Nathan this year. Um, some absolutely unbelievable stuff at the match play. But yeah, it just wasn't at the races today, and unfortunately, yeah, the 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 number five seed topples very early. Yeah, word on Stephen Bunton. I don't think we've got a clip from him, but we'll we'll swiftly move on. Um, how far can the bullet go right now? Because he looks superb. He always goes on one of these runs once a year. It seems in something. We remember him in the semi-finals of the match play, etc. He played thirteen games on the Pro Tour last week. He averaged over 100 in nine of them. His worst average was 95.69, and that's the game he lost on Friday in the last eight, I think it was at that point. Uh, Friday was a bit of a model through. On the Wednesday, he, he played four games, averaged 108 and a half of the day, and got beat in the last 16. Yeah, he's, um, there's, a, there's a case to be made that he's finding some form at exactly the right time of year, isn't there? Um, you know, this all the big stuff. This is I know we get we get them we get the match play in the summer and that's great, but we this is the time of year to to really start hitting form if you want to do some damage up the up the rankings. Um and and, and we've already touched on the game before, so there's no spoilers, but you know, Stephen Bunting plays Martin Schindler in the next round. And I make Stephen Bunting a, a relatively heavy. I think Martin Schindler's gonna have to do a different interview ahead of that one. So I make Stephen Bunting a a heavy favourite for that one, and I think if he, you know, if he come, if he comes through that, all of a sudden he's, you know, he's in a major TV quarterfinal again, and and who knows from there. Exactly. Uh, right. Moving on, then we don't have a, a Stephen Bunting clip for you, but again, that will be up in full on our YouTube channel. And uh, next up, Gerwin Price, Danny Nopper. Um, I don't feel like there's a great deal to say about this one. The only reason I'm talking about it is because we have a significant length clip. So I presume Price has said something interesting. It's one of the ones I haven't seen myself yet. But uh, the first 2-0 match of the night, um, the, the bits, are, I'll be honest, this is one of them where I started to switch off a bit during the time and, and whatever else is going on. Give me one second. I just have to let me cut out one second. Oh, he's done me in there because I don't actually know how bad Danny Noppert was at starting, but it didn't feel like Danny Noppert had... The best well, of games, Gary started all right. It felt well, like Danny was searching for a start and double for a lot of the night. Gezi just, he's a dart ahead for a lot of it, keeps him at arm's length and never really looked in trouble. No, he did. It was, it was, um, it was a practice match for Gezi Price. This, um, there, there was, you know, Gezi played all right, you know, decent, decent average, got in quite well. Finishing was like finishing 75%, right? That'll do. Um, 75% good, but very, very little coming back at him. You know, Danny Nopper across across three sets, won two legs. Um, really, really under par performance from, from Danny Nopper. Two legs in the entire game. So, you know, Gezi Price played well, but it was it it, it just it was he was just going through the motions. He was just chucking darts at the board. It was like a practice match. And we know what level he's capable of when he gets going here. His top's hitting in that world final where he went on to be world champion. 
and the semi-final before that, by the way, was absolutely outrageous. But let's hear them and see what the Iceman has to say. If there's anything for us to react to, we will. If not, we'll move on to Michael Smith against Gallimore. Yeah, well, I'm defending a final spot, so I'm defending £50,000, 50,000 ranking points. So I need to be in this right till the end. Hopefully I am, and hopefully I can lift the trophy. But, yeah, I'm not just defending the final on this. I'm defending a fa- uh, win in the, in the match in the um, Grand Slam. And I'm defending a semi-final, I think, in the world. So it's a big part of the year, busy part of the year, and I know what I'm defending, but sometimes that added pressure makes me pull my finger out and play a little bit better. On that, it's interesting that you talk about that because on at the moment you're currently sitting outside the top four in the world on the on the race after the World Championships. Is that a motivation to make sure you're in that top four? No, to be honest, I don't. I don't really look at rankings anymore. I, I, I look at what I'm defending, and hopefully I can defend those points if I can't. Then I'll try and build, like early on in the season. I know I've played pretty well in Europeans and things like that to cover a few things. But yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's, um, I haven't played a lot of events this year. If you look at the pro tours and Europeans, I missed out on four because I saw I, I fell out to the European rankings. But you know, once the house is sorted this year, I always promise <laughs> next year I'm going to hit everything. And the next two years, I'll hopefully I'll be in every ranking event and win as much money and as much ranking points as I can and put pressure on those uh, top three. So Ramana doesn't look at rankings. Why are you defending? <laughs> I don't yeah, of no, I'm not looking, but I know where I am. I know that I've earned a bit of yeah. start here. I know where I've replaced it. And I've yeah. got the house and I'm going after for two years to put pressure on the top three again. You just said you didn't care, mate. But yeah, so to, to put it to put it into to summarize, he doesn't pay any attention to the rankings whatsoever, but he knows exactly what he's defending in every game and what he's doing in the rankings and where he's going off in hand. Yeah, thanks, Garrowin. That's really that's really useful. That's that's it. Um yeah. but genuinely interested in, in, in terms of that that ranking. Um obviously, you know, the 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 nearest person to Gezi Price in the ranking is is Nathan Aspinall, who's gone out first place. So whilst Gezi is defending a lump of money at this, Nathan Aspinall isn't going to be the man that's going to make some inroads into it. And then, you know, one behind that is Rob Cross, who's going to make no inroads into that in this tournament either. So, you know, I suppose in terms of looking over his shoulder, it's all on Luke Humphreys at the minute as, as threatening that spot. <laughs> Which is a pretty big threat, by the way. But we'll talk about him shortly. Uh, next up, Michael Smith against Callum Rids. Um, I don't want to be too harsh here on Callum. I thought Michael Smith was excellent in the first set. He, he sort of did all the damage there, didn't he? Um, he? I saw him on Friday night play against Michael Van Gerwen in an exhibition. This was a level above what he produced on there. The 177 second visit just set the tone for me, I think. Um, Dublin felt great. The 124 checkout as well, superb. Um, there's not really a lot Callum can do in this situation against the Michael Smith performance that was that good. No, I think I think where Callum's been unfortunate here is Michael Smith um, has started unbelievably quickly, and 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 let's call it what it is. In that first set, was utterly unplayable, yeah. completely unplayable. There was absolutely nothing Callum Ridge could have done in order to try to defend that first set. And then you know whether we whether we like it or not. The the break comes so like you know at the, at, at the break Michael Smith's averaging 110 and he's 60 percent on his doubles 
Like what? What? Like what? What chance has Callum Ridge got? In in, in what's he going to have to do to beat 110 average and 60 percent on the doubles? And then I think he goes to the advert break. He comes back four minutes later, thinking, "Jesus Christ, how, how on earth am I going to compete with this?" And it's just. This, this it's so fast. Do that's probably after the way he did last week. <laughs> you know, it's such a short format in terms of, and I know sometimes you can be, you know, this game can be over in six legs, but it's such a short format in the way those sets can just rattle and bang, bang, and the first of two sets that I think Michael just started too fast for Callan, and he was unplayable for the first one, and even when when, when you saw. Callan starting to find a little bit. There was glimmers where he started to find a little bit, but it just always looked such a mountain to climb um, against Michael, who was pretty relentless tonight. Like he was pretty, he was pretty clinical. Um, so yeah, just 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 a decent perform, you know, good good solid opening performance from the world number one, which is in reality what you would expect. He's the number one ranked player going in against. You know, someone ranked just inside the top thirty. It's 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 not a surprise victory at all. It was it was fairly dominant. Yeah, I did see Callum uh, tweet saying, uh, "Just been beaten by the world and won a best player in the world, and I'm still getting abuse from players. What more am I supposed to do? Uh, I hope you lose more than just your fifty p's in nomads or something along those lines." So fair play to him for kicking off. By the way, that's Very exactly nice. the sort of thing I do. Uh, we do have a clip from Michael Smith. This is the last one we've got to play for you this evening. Interviews from all eight will be on the YouTube channel as a reminder. Uh, but here is what the world number one and world champion had to say. I seen Gezi's were saying I'm coming for you, and I was going to put the same thing with my trophy, but I wasn't. I was going to say I'm coming for you, but it's not a trophy. I'm just coming for the Michael Smith for 2022, and everyone knows what I was doing in 2020. I was winning tournaments. I was making five major finals that year, and that's that's where I want to come back to. And. I've never felt the experience after winning the Worlds and I've done it the wrong way this year and now I finally realised when I lost to Barney last week in Holland it really kicked me up the, up the backside and I hate losing to him and it's given me that little push that I need now and straight back on the board and yeah, everything's going fine now. I remember speaking to you after you won the Worlds and you were, it was like, right, this is a new feeling. How do you think you've dealt with the pressure of being world champion? I, felt, I think I've dealt with it great. Um, I've not done anything wrong. You can ask Dave. Yeah, right. I think I've done everything right. I've not. I know I swear a lot of Dave, <laughs> but I still do what my commitments are. I still do all my mediums. So I think I've dealt really well with it. It's just the only thing that I didn't deal well with is trying to. I don't know because I'm trying to enjoy my life with it and trying to take time away at the same time. And I've, I've kind of balanced the enjoyment bit instead of work. That's a bad thing where I should have been doing both at the same time. And, yeah, I've learned a lesson this year and hopefully next year when I win it again, I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to work my butt off, but I'm also going to enjoy it at the same time, even though I'm going to put the hours in. An honest reflection from Marcus Smith. It's not been the most productive 10 months as world champion. He said in during the Premier League, he was never been so busy. He was doing a lot of media commitments. I think he's they will have died down by now. We handed the PDC the trophy back this week ahead of uh, the World Championships at Alexandra Palace. Um, if he's putting time back in on the board now, he's, he's, look, whilst it's not the ideal approach and to take eight, nine months off, or not off, but with less emphasis on what he was doing, now is the right time to get back on that, given the amount of trophies that are on offer between now and January the 3rd. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, he, he, 
and he also needs to, you know, if he wants to be a bit more sustainable with, you know, and, and, and of course, one of them look at the rankings, but, you know, he, he, at the minute he's carrying a huge, huge percentage of his ranking um, on, on one event. And it's it's not often that we see a world number one carrying so much. You know, we, we it's it's often in recent times that people are carrying a, a couple of wins um, and, and he's not at the minute. So I think, yeah, he, he's going to want to build on that. And and it's certainly the right time of year. If you're going to knuckle down, now is the time to do it because all the big stuff's in the run now. Final game of the night. We do have to talk about it just slightly, if only to to bully ourselves. Uh, Dan back Nathan Asimov to win this tournament. He has fallen. Uh, Phil asked us on Monday night, uh, this time last week. Well, not this time last week, two and a half hours ago uh, last week. Um, for two picks for game of the round. <laughs> I said this. Come on, on up to it. I game, said this Game one. of the round. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful, Rob Cross. I'll tell you how bad it was. It wasn't the best game that went on, you know, in Leicester at that time of night tonight. Like <laughs> there was just some two pissed blokes in a pub somewhere playing better than this. Yeah, it's crap. A lot of the things floating around is be honest. Who thinks they could have beaten Rob Cross and Andrew Gilded doubling while they're averaging seventy four? Um, and there's quite a few people sticking their hands up on social media right now. Whether or not that actually transpires up on the stage is a complete different matter. But look. Not the best game at all, despite the fact Rob Cross was 40% on the outer ring to finish. Um, getting in was a struggle. Scoring felt like it was just an absolute battle and slogged the entire way through. The pace of the game was incredibly unwatchable. The time that the game started definitely didn't help. Uh, and at the end of it, Andrew Gildin has won the same amount of legs as Rob Cross, but has won 2 1 in sets. Yeah, I haven't got much else to offer other than that. It was, it was, um, I mean, if I'm honest, I when Rob Cross won the first set, I thought, "Oh, it's done this." Like I just thought he'll come out, win the second one, like, and 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 we'd have been on here an hour ago. Um, the biggest issue my friends had was him having well, having him on the match treble. Gilding fired in the one four two, and they're like, "Bugger off!" That's the bet. That's the that's the <laughs> got everyone. And then they were like, "You know, Rob Cross get it a one five two or something," and then. Gilded will hit a 180 in the last leg, like in the yeah. second set. Everyone's like, that, that's the way it's going to go, but didn't quite transpire this way. Look, we, we can't keep writing off Andrew Gilded. And he is the UK Open champion. Um, he has been okay this year, um, but he stays in the tournament and he progresses to the next round. He will play again on Wednesday. Uh, that'll be an interesting tie when I tell you who he plays. Gary Anderson. He will Thank not you. enjoy that pace at all. There, there could be sparks and. Not because, not in a good way. Uh, right, let's preview tomorrow night, Dan. Um, we every time we say this, and every time it's a late show, we sit here and go, right, just tell us the scores, and then one of us starts talking about one game, and we end up in our usual spiel. Score line and who wins. That's it from right. me and you. Chat room, we'd love to get you involved, but it is twenty-five to one in the morning. Throughout the rest of the week, we will get you involved when we've got more time to talk about the games. We're starting a little bit earlier. But for the first round today and tomorrow, we are just going to tell you our predictions for who wins and by what score. If you want to play along in the chat, that's fine, but we won't be reading them out. It will just take us that little bit longer. Uh, and actually, for those listening back, it, it's a little bit messy when we do it that way anyway. So uh, first up tomorrow night, uh, opening the session is the uh, former Masters champion, Joe Cullen, against Mike Decker. Uh, Joe Cullen, 2-0. Colin, but 2-1. Uh, second up, a fantastic week last week, Dave Chisnell 
And it's an equally pretty good week, Luke Woodhouse, but he has had some heartbreak recently. Dave Chisnell, 2-0. Just too good at the minute. Luke Woodhouse, 2-1. Wow. And Matt Edgar fancied it, and he's bang on with his tips recently. So, uh, yeah, he mentioned it on the Super Series earlier. Um, Fair enough. Damon Hetta against Ryan Soule. Very, very good game, this. Brilliant game. One of the best games of the night. Uh, Ryan Soule, 2-1. Hetta 2-1, up the double 16s. Uh, next up, Dimitri Vandenberg against Chris Doby. Chris Doby, 2-1. <laughs> not 2-0, doesn't drop a leg, averages 106 million. No, I'm not taking the mick. Because he's also slightly distracted by the fact that we've got to play PSG on Wednesday. And I know he's got that in his sights as well. You know, he, There's a lot going on for Newcastle fans at the minute. And he, but it, he'll get through that. He'll get through. No problem at all. 2-1. We are not talking football. Doby <laughs> um, 2-1. Uh, Peter Wright against Gabriel Clemens. Tough one. Hard one to call. Uh, depends which Peter Wright turns up. I think the Peter Wright that will turn up will be the one that uses two sets of darts but wins two sets. 2-1. Two, I'm in agreement again. Peter Wright 2-1. Excalibur, that's very lovely. However, you both you fellas have never looked fresher during a fall. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or a backhanded insult, actually. If this is the best we've looked during a fallout, we're in trouble. It's a combination of good lighting and bad webcams. That's what it is. <laughs> now I've gone bright red. Um, Michael Van Gerwen against Josh Rock. Right. Ugh. This is the hardest one to pick of the night, I think. Hardest one of the lot. Because, who know? No, do you know what? Michael Van Gerwen, 2-0. Yeah, 2-0. That's exactly where I'm going. Van Gogh and 2 0. Johnny Clayton, Ross Smith. Ross Smith, 2 1. Clayton, 2 1. Double 16 corner. Uh, and finally, Luke Humphreys against Daryl Gurney. Luke Humphreys. T- 2 0. Gurney. 2-1. Wow, it's a big pick. It's a big he pick. the first round upset. He bashed Gary at the match play, didn't he? Out of absolutely nowhere. Um, of upsets. Thank you very, very much to everybody for watching or listening back if you are as a podcast. This show will be available all week. Uh, myself and Dan will be back tomorrow. Then Dan's got a new host on Wednesday. I think I'm back Thursday, although I might try and pass you off in the capable hands of Mr. Lee Boyce. Uh, And then we're still planning on the weekend as Lee and I are both working for the World Seniors this weekend. Uh, So we will see what we can come up with whilst we are in Newbury uh, for the World Seniors Target Open Series 5 and 6 or 6. I lost count, whichever number. But it's one of those. Uh, A big, big thank you to everybody for watching or listening back. Uh, Hello to Barzi, who's just popped in saying hi, lads, as we've done for the night. Um, We'll see you again back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, the action gets underway on Sky. Uh, and if you want more darts, don't forget the Moda Super Series is underway from half nine tomorrow, exclusively on YouTube on a Tuesday. Uh, Luke Littler currently tops the group. <laughs> How many times have we said that before? What a talent that young man is. Uh, big, big thanks to everybody for watching throughout the evening. Uh, we've been online darts. and I can't find the video to say goodbye. There it is. We'll see you very soon.